literally the only time I drink is when you're here, which is odd. <laughs> Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zara. With me, as always, is professional film critic, Sean Patrick. Visit us at IHateCritics.net, IHateCritics.com, Everyone's a Critic Podcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all your social media outlets. Our handle is CriticsPod. Uh, like us there. Tell your friends about it. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, all your podcatchers. Tune in, I think. Uh Tell you again, subscribe, rate, review the show. We'll read your reviews on the air. It does help us get noticed among the other podcasts, movie podcasts out there. And if you like us, tell somebody else. You know, help spread the word. There are other movie podcasts. A couple. (laughs) Paul Shear has at least two. Uh, What else? Patreon. I hate critics on that slash Patreon. We're going to change stuff up up at the beginning of the year to kind of make the perks mean something again and not just be credits. I mean, we do have credits, which is cool. We'll read those at the end of the episode, but we're going to bring that. We're going to try to stick to perks that we can actually make happen. Yeah. Most of them last time were just, they're out of suggestion if at this level and maybe we'll do it. Maybe we won't. Right. uh, This time we're going to follow through. Then it should be fun, but we'll, That'll be at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just to just to not uh, I don't often uh, tout my other work, but uh, I did get an opportunity to talk with uh, Tracy Letts, the uh, man who plays uh, uh, Ford in Ford versus Ferrari, and uh, that's at regionaldailynews.com and the WKEI Celebrity Podcast. If you'd like to hear that, I did have a I I've, what I felt was a pretty great conversation with a guy who is a not just an actor, but a Pulitzer Prize winner, and uh, you know, in his own right, and also going to be in uh, Little Women later this oh, year. Oh, nice! How much time did you get with him? About fifteen minutes. Oh, nice! Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, if you can get fifteen to yeah fifteen minutes, that's you can usually have a pretty good conversation in that time. I've noticed from the interviews I've done, it's the ones that you get five that it's just like okay. I do have uh, news this week. Really? Yes, the Critics' Choice nominations are announced today. Uh, and I did release my ballot. I put out what I did, and of course, yeah, <laughs> they didn't listen to me. But Midsummer does not get nominated for Best Picture. In fact, it only gets one nomination for Best Horror. So clearly, you know, that's my that's my level of influence in the Broadcast Film Critics Association. But uh, Best Picture nominees: 1917, Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, and Uncut Gems. Best Actor, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Robert De Niro for The Irishman. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Eddie Murphy for Dolomite. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. And Adam Sandler for say, Uncut I'm Gems. I've been waiting for Adam Sandler this entire time. <laughs> I voted for him. He was my number one. Good. Uh, I'm going to own it. I'm going to own the whole the whole Sandler if thing. he wins, we'll watch every Sandler movie next year. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it's... Yeah, we'll get to that movie eventually. Next week, I think. Yeah. Uh, Aquafina for Best Actress for The Farewell. Farewell. Uh, Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Lupita Nyong'o for Us, which uh, that's... Uh, two, Scarlett and Lupita were two that I voted for, along with uh, 
Of course, the one who doesn't get nominated, Francis Pugh, who gave the right. best performance of the year. But no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm uh, glad that they remembered Lupita Nyong'o, because that yeah. was so long ago in that's the year. True. Charlize Theron for Bombshell, Renee Zellweger for Judy. Uh, best Supporting Actor, and they'll just wrap up here with these two categories. Uh, Willem Dafoe for The Lighthouse, of course. Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, no surprise yeah. there. Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci get nominated for The Irishman. Uh, Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And in Best Supporting Actress, uh, Laura Dern for Marriage Story. My pick to win, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit. Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. Uh, Florence Pugh gets in for Little Women, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> not that not, I, Little Women's a great movie, and I think everybody's going to really see that this is another that they justify well why we've got another uh, adaptation of that. But and uh, another pick that of, of mine, uh, Zhao Shuzhen or The Farewell, which is a, just a wonderful movie that everybody needs to watch now because it's uh, it's it's a contender finally, which is good to see. Uh, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell, also a nominee for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> uh, quickly, the directors, Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, Josh and Benny Safdie, who should win, for Uncut Gems, Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, and Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love Quentin, and I think Quentin is amazing. I think... Uh, the best, obviously, the best direction didn't get nominated. This Ari Aster Ari. from Midsummer, but uh, of that group, Josh and Benny Safdie, what they did with Uncut Gems is so incredible. Which we'll talk more about next week yes. when it comes out. I get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Been chopping at the bit on that one. Yeah. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, kind of. I had Midsummer all over my ballot. <laughs> like it was every. I, I nominated Jack Rayner for Best Supporting Actor. Like I was, I was, I love Midsummer that much. I mean, I like the two A twenty four movies that, or I guess I haven't seen Uncut Gems, but, uh, but it, they weren't. I, I would have liked to see uh, other movies that we like Waves. I thought should yeah. could have been along there. Uh, I thought it's really been a good year for A24, quite frankly. I, I think I nominated four of my five nominees for Best Picture were A24 movies. Yeah, usually there's one or two that let you down, but this year has been a pretty solid year for them. It's been remarkable. I mean, just, yeah, every, everything that we've seen thus far has been incredible. I mean, uh, I would say yeah, the one that everybody forgot about was Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is yeah. a, a lovely movie in its own right, but nobody talks about that one. Right. Marriage Story was 24, right? Yeah, no. No, it's no. not. I didn't think so. I thought we used Marriage Story is Netflix. So Uncut Gems is not going to Netflix then, right? Right. Apparently it's a theatrical, yeah. I don't know if we had that on mic or off mic last week. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, uh, trailers this week. We got four of them. We'll start with Wonder Woman 84, 1984. Yes. And this is uh, directed by uh, uh, Patty Jenkins once again. And uh, I don't know how I feel. I mean, there's some cool stuff in this, like uh, Wonder Woman's lasso, you know, uh, lassoing herself, lightning bolts. Like, that was really cool. Uh, I'm kind of curious about the whole thing with uh, Steve and Chris Pine's character, how that happens. I I think the trailer kind of starts to justify it. Obviously, they want to keep that a mystery. I guess it must be, like, a big part of the plot is revealing how he survives the plane crash and is brought into the future. But... uh, 
I'm kind of curious what the hell Kristen Wiig is doing. It all, she has, there's almost like a a Jim Carrey Riddler vibe to her like early on. You know, remember the first the early portion of Jim Carrey's Riddler right. is like he's a Batman fanboy and then he gets turned and like she really does have this kind of crazy look in her eyes. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't want to say it looks pedestrian because that's bad, but it's you have the it's always easy to have the origin story be the powerful, impactful movie, and then you got to sequelize it somehow. And then when you're part of a franchise that I don't even know what the status of that franchise is, but they show you that she hasn't been Wonder Woman forever, <laughs> and that Bruce Wayne doesn't know who she is, and he's having to dig through old folder fo- photos to see her, and you know. The fact that she comes out as Wonder Woman in 84, it does bother me. I should watch this as a standalone movie and pretend that right. doesn't exist, but that did happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, apparently, like, you look at it, she was not hiding no. during this time, apparently. So why doesn't Batman have any pictures of her right. for Justice League? Right. Why does he have to go back to the... I mean, you literally watch her going into, like, a museum premiere, <laughs> dressed up and coming out of a limo and flashbulbs everywhere like she's not hiding right so it's but again i I gotta pretend that that movie doesn't exist maybe i guess yeah it's an inconsistent it's certainly a major inconsistency but i trust patty jenkins and it looks like if nothing else it could just be a fun action movie which is all it needs to be it doesn't need to be groundbreaking anymore at this point uh i would settle for fun uh speaking of fun uh free guy where did this come from? I have no idea. Ryan Reynolds, at the very least, you know, look at him picking up some stuff that's a uh, kind of original. Like the thing he's—I don't think the Netflix thing he's doing next week looks very good, but at least it's—it looks like it's something that's a standalone, you know, IP. Right. <laughs> and this certainly feels like a standalone IP. It feels like uh, feels a little bit like Wreck It Ralph, but in real life. Yeah, I kept waiting for it to be called Grand Theft Auto or something <laughs> like that. I mean, that's kind of what it looked like. Kind of. Uh, but he plays a guy who apparently lives in a video game universe, and he decides that he's no longer just going to be a bystander, and he grabs a pair of glasses that are like uh, this video game version of They Live that right. allow him to, to move into the uh, character world, and uh, where it goes from there, we'll have to see the movie, I guess. Yeah, I don't anticipate it being ahead of its time like They Live or groundbreaking like Deadpool, but it could be fun. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a little bit, at least, of the that kind of Ryan Reynolds, Bugs Bunny kind of character with a little bit more of a naivete to him. Right. Kind of like the Lego movie meets Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Black Widow. She finally gets her own movies. Yeah. Interesting, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, the whole... I, like. Uh, like you start off with this fight scene with their sister, and then they're working together like right after that. And it's I don't know if it's just to show the cool moves, or I mean, granted it's a trailer, so that we're missing a lot of. Context, well, that's like but. every like '80s and early '90s action movie where you introduce a guy's brother, they've got to punch each other in the face first, right? After <laughs> falling through windows and breaking glass. Yeah, and usually they save that big, you know, reveal for the movie, but it's here in the trailer. They're laying there in the broken glass, and everybody's got to go. Mom says hi, or something like something stupid like that. Right. <laughs> oh, get it? It's the joke. <laughs> Which is, I mean, again, could be fun, but you know, Black Widow was my favorite Avenger, not just because she was hot. I mean, I, I've always liked Scarlett Johansson ever since, really the. 
seeing match point and then going back and seeing her other stuff and you know lost in translation obviously she's always been and then this year <laughs> yeah she's been incredible this she's year. always been a fantastic actress and uh she was always my favorite to watch on the screen she had the better lines the whole iron man 2 begin or avengers beginning was awesome uh so I, I'm glad she finally got her own movie because I like her more than the Hulk or Thor or anybody else. <laughs> but maybe there's no story. I don't know. And then No Time to Die. No Time to Die. You know what's interesting about this for me is that uh, uh, Knives Out has made me kind of admire Daniel Craig anew. Like he's, uh, he's brand new to me again. Like I've forgotten all the shitty stuff he's done in the past, even the shitty Bond movies. <laughs> I kind of like want. I want to see. I want to see him do something. I know he'll probably be too too straight and too flat. I can't uh, wait for the next Adam Sandler trailer. <laughs> Rob Schneider, David Spade. Hey, uh, he won me over in Uncut Gems. <laughs> a new appreciation for him. He won the Oscar. <laughs> can't wait. To, oh, that sucks. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I won't have to see it. It'll be on Netflix. <laughs> but you'll want to. You'll, you have a new appreciation for him. You want to. Yeah, right. It's the same thing. I, I don't know. I don't care. I, st- I I like, you know, was it Logan Lucky? I like Knives Out. I think he's a great actor. I think he has, he can be phenomenal. I just, I don't like James, I don't care about James Bond. No, he's definitely, like, uh, James Bond is so out of his time. He was so of his time in the 60s. and. But even the, I mean, for me personally, like the Mission Impossible movies don't do anything for me. Fast and the Furious doesn't do much for me. Even the Boring just barely does something for me, just mainly because I like Matt Damon a lot. So it's, I don't know, it's not for me. All right, we can get to the it's a very narrow window of what's for you. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is for most people. Usually, that narrow window is movies like this, and I, <laughs> I'm on the outside. Uh, Dark Waters. Is this a movie for me? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I didn't know that you mentioned it. <laughs> this is very, this is very dreary and uh, cynical. So, <laughs> God damn it! Why did my son have to get sick and have a birthday on the same weekend? <laughs> uh, this is so fascinating because it's a really, it's a really good movie. I don't know how to recommend it because it's like it, it, this is a miserable. Experience. This is directed by Todd Haynes, and it's a true story about a guy named Robert Billet, who was uh, a lawyer, an environmental lawyer in Cincinnati. Uh, his grandmother recommended him as a lawyer to this uh, redneck farmer in West Virginia whose cows are dying at a at a remarkable rate. Uh, the guy shows up at his office and and has these videotapes of just horrific things that have happened to his cows ever since Dupont moved in next door with the landfill. And he uh, goes to investigate and sees that this land is just, it is awful. West Virginia looks like the, looks like death. It really does in this movie. It looks like a place where people just go to die. And, uh, and Haynes really, the visually, he captures this magnificently deep gray, green ugliness. The, the, the mud is just, it's black and gooey and disgusting and, uh, he really makes you feel like the whole state of West Virginia is ill. And given what DuPont was doing to it, you know, yeah, it probably was. Uh, DuPont was doing horrible things. I cannot wait for the dollop of, of DuPont, honestly. Like, they can't, I can't believe they haven't gotten there yet. But the horrible things that DuPont, to test, to test nonstick pans, they had 
members of their own staff in West Virginia, the, the, the workers, smoking cigarettes laced with this shit just to see what it would do. The workers didn't know. They're just like, hey, DuPont's giving us cigarettes. And they're all dead now within six months, six, eight months. They're dead. And nobody talks about this. <laughs> and, and DuPont is documenting this shit as they're doing it. And he, they give this guy, Robert, they give him all these records. Like, here you go. You know, you're not going to be able to tell what we're talking about. This is all technical stuff, and there's mountains of it. You're not going to be able to dig through it all. But he does, because he's determined. And he discovers all of this shit, just all of this horrific things that DuPont is doing, including killing this family. This, guy's, this guy is dying. His wife is dying. His children are probably going to be dying soon. Much of the town of Parkersburg, West Virginia, is sick and on the verge of being towards death. And he's and the thing about it is, if he, here's the here's the more fun part. Right, while you're enjoying your popcorn during this movie, you're not going to find a resolution. This this guy's still in court today with this shit because they gave him <laughs> they gave him the largest group of clients in history and. They set up these legal hurdles in a way that he has to represent each of them individually to get settlements from DuPont for each of the people. That's how they tried to do this to keep him from, from actually making this a mass thing that would make big headlines. He's literally going person by person through Parkersburg, getting them settlements. It's, <laughs> this movie is so hard to watch. Uh, and, and incredible at the same time, because Mark Ruffalo is amazing, and, and Todd Haynes is well out of his comfort zone. He's usually you know, more about kind of uh, very intimate, romantic, intimate, uh, dramatic pieces with lush colors and, and uh, characters of a heightened sensuality. And here it's just, it's just, ugh, it's just gross. And he digs into it. He really does. And it is so depressing to watch. No, there's been too many of these movies lately that are true, <laughs> especially this year. But, I mean, you can go back to prior years. I mean, The Big Short was one. Uh, just, And then you see the end where they start showing you the, you know, the where you're at today with the, the little prologue, and it's yes. never as bad as you want it to be. Yeah, guess what? All that stuff you know, they use to make nonstick pans, yeah, it's in every single one of us. Every single one of us has a little bit of that inside of us right now. I'm Enjoy your popcorn. Right <laughs> drink more alcohol. <laughs> like, uh, this, uh, I would, honestly, t- to make a comparison for movies, like, uh, again, if you think about this from like a commercial critical sense, like how you recommend movies, like this reminded me of the 9-11 movie that Paul Greengrass made. Like, yeah, you made a really great movie. I can't tell anybody to go see it because it's too fucking surreal to to drink a pop and eat popcorn while watching the most perfect recreation of 9-11 I've ever seen. <laughs> that's just too fucking weird for me. And that's the same thing here. Is like, this is just too fucking weird and real to, to get a bunch of snacks and go, all right, let's watch Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Come on, get him, Hulk. No. Why isn't he smashing anybody? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, smash the entire state of West Virginia. Um. Right. That's why, I mean, movies like this are way more offensive to me than, you know, the horror movies will argue about because that's pretend. Yeah. Even killing people isn't as bad as what these guys are doing to people. You know, because it's 
it's everybody. Like you just said, a little bit of it's in all of us, probably. Uh, you know, the big short. That affected a lot of us. It ruined lives. Yeah. Uh, movies we're going to keep talking about uh, for the, over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, a very similar vibe. And it. And then you see at the end, oh, slap on a wrist. Oh, they punished this guy. He was the fall guy. He had nothing to do with it. <laughs> They've renamed it, so it's still going to come. And, you know, nothing ever came. You know, they never got in trouble. Yep. So uh, that's what's always the most frustrating thing for me is, you know, you kill somebody, most likely you're going to get caught. <laughs> most likely you're going to go to jail. Right. You ruin a million people's lives. You can buy it out, buy your way out of it. It's ridiculous. Yes, and that is what DuPont is doing to this very day. Yeah. Uh, should we just stay, stay here and go to the report? <laughs> I had that for later on. But why not? But it's kind of the same thing. It's all about us getting screwed in the end. Uh, Adam Driver plays the lead investigator of uh, American torture. On uh, the uh, uh, torture in America, not we didn't do it on our soil because you know that's the the loophole we like to use. Black sites is the the loophole. Well, we didn't do it on American soil. No, but does our people do it? No, 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 no. But we did it on foreign soil. It's fine. We can well, at do- first it wasn't in torture. That's, <laughs> right. That's, that took a while to get there. Uh, yeah. America doesn't torture people. What are you doing to them then? Well, we're keeping them up all night, not feeding them, pour- covering them with water, and then uh, blasting Metallica in, their, in them very, very loudly. It was Slayer here because <laughs> Keeper. But regardless... Uh, yeah, but that's not torture. <laughs> oh, wait. Eight years later, it is? Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Waterboarding, not torture. Right. <laughs> Oops, I accidentally killed that guy. Not torture, though. He's dead. See? It's not torture. Or they'd blame people for acting alone. I mean, again, right. they'd find the fall guy. Uh, oh, those fall guys. Those two fall guys. The torture psychologist. Boy, they got... They got uh, they took the beating, didn't they? Walking away with what two hundred forty-five million dollars? <laughs> yeah. Literally, I just uh, this. The thing about it is, is that uh, as much as I admire like the construction of this movie uh, and Adam Driver's commitment to it, uh, frankly speaking, there's a better. The dollop does this better. They they just the torture psychologist episode of the dollop captures the absolute ridiculous absurdity of American torture in a way that this movie is it can't it's too this movie is very straightforward about what it's about what's happening and and capturing that and there's a there's two very good performances at the center and Adam Driver and Annette Bening but uh and I loved how they got to the heart of her too because Diane Feinstein's far from perfect right and as much as she was kind of heroic in this situation I thought the way that they showed her willingness to compromise at various different turns I thought that was a, a a good way of demonstrating how imperfect, deeply imperfect that she really is. Um, but yeah, like I said, I admire the construction of the movie. I admire the point that it's making. I think somebody else already did it and did it better. Yeah, I mean, I I'm of two minds. One, it doesn't fully take a stand. I mean, at one point you see them kind of going after a bomb, but in the end, they kind of. Act like they did it where they ended up was good. That's kind of how the movie presented And it. In a way, it is, and I get it. You're not going to... The movie does start off like at a Thanksgiving dinner where people are arguing about politics. It's not even like... It's almost not believable. It's just kind of... You know, it just seems forced. Uh, 
but as it gets going, and Annette Benning and Adam Driver really are good in this, uh, it, it gets more and more believable. Dexter's okay, and John Hamm's good, and <laughs> it's, and you know it. I'm, I was a big Obama fan, and then you know he gets there, and all of a sudden you said maybe he was a little over, in over his head, and maybe those things are a little different once you're in there, uh, and. I just have to tell myself we don't know what he was dealing right. with. On the truly, like we we assume we know what Obama was up against, but we don't. Well, really. have you read Michelle Obama's book? No. The Bushes were great to them on the way out. The, yeah. That whole transition was phenomenal. For you know, way better than Clinton to Bush. And I that alone, you know, I I think they wanted to just move forward and be. They I know they are friends with, or at least she's friends with them. Uh, and I know the issue wasn't so much Bush as much as the people behind him, but it's, and I understand you do need to move forward, but it, it's like, I'm of two minds. It's like, part of me is like, well, you should do something about this because it was illegal and it was horrible and you should hold people accountable. On the other hand, it's like, well, if you can bring people together by moving forward. It obviously didn't work, mm. uh, but I don't know. But because of that, the movie does kind of fall a little flat. It's fine, but uh, it's on Amazon, I think, if you want to watch it. Yeah. There's a much better Adam Driver movie to watch. Yeah, that's on Netflix. (laughs) We'll get to that a little later. Uh, Honey Boy. Honey Boy, yes. Uh, Shia LaBeouf wrote this movie. Uh, Did not direct it, but he wrote it. And it's about, uh, essentially about his life. Um Lucas Hedges plays a character named Otis, who is this kind of outsized version of uh, of uh, Shia himself, uh, with all of his similar issues. He was a child star. He was uh, involved in obviously alcohol and drugs, and, and there's an accident that's at the center of this movie, which of course is big part of Shia's own story and how he ended up in rehab and what happened there. And uh, it's very raw, very real, very uh, exceptional in the way it's portrayed. This is a very good movie, and this is a very good year for Shia LaBeouf. He's really uh, shown himself so brilliantly and revealed himself so so wonderfully in a pair of performances in Peter Butter Falcon and now here, uh, where he plays his own father. Uh, it's, it's really a remarkable piece of work. Uh, he... He's very fair. He's very honest. Uh, it's it's an ugly. His father was an ugly guy who did ugly things. He was also a guy that was troubled in his own right, and he you know so much of him is in his son. And I thought there was a really lovely way of of talking about a guy who was not a good person, but trying to make you understand why he wasn't a good person and a good father. And I thought that was a really uh, daring choice that they make. And especially there's just the, this just beautiful scene at the end between father and son that just really is a, is a wonderfully heartfelt, beautiful scene. Uh, I love the use of, uh, of uh, dream sequences throughout this movie is really well done. Um, Lucas Hedges is really great. Uh, Imagine that. <laughs> he just he just got a series of great performances. This kid, uh, he's yet to suck. It's true, right? <laughs> he hasn't been in a blockbuster yet. He hasn't done anything commercial. It's been very indie and yeah, very awesome. Ladybird, yeah, he picks he picks good ones. Yeah, I I got my weeks mixed up, uh, <laughs> so I. And then my son got sick, and I basically ended up watching the wrong movie. 
move ahead and watching those for the future. But uh, uh, so I didn't get to this one. But I, I am shocked that because I kind of thought this was I I thought this might have had best picture buzz and. And same with Peanut Butter Falcon. Neither one of those popped up on the list you read, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, no nominations for either so one, yeah. I was kind of shocked there, because I've been hearing great things about both. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean anything. There's still other award shows to happen. But uh, still doesn't make it a bad movie. And I, I actually really want to see it. And I was surprised to see it uh, get, a, get a national release. I didn't expect that. I thought this would platform for sure. Uh, and then this said, it's just here it is this weekend. It's just in theaters. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> you did nothing to promote this? What were the box office numbers, by the way? Did you see They them? weren't great. It was all old movies. Yeah. Uh, I have I, it right I here. I figured Frozen is probably still number one. Frozen, Knives Out, Ford vs. Ferrari, Queen and Slim, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And those are your top five. Wow. Uh, Dark Waters came in at six. 21 Bridges, Playing with Fire. I mean, I clicked on that. I'm like, we haven't talked about that movie yet. And I was like, oh, that's a John Cena fire movie. Midway, Joker, Last Christmas, Harriet, Parasite, Play Mobile, which that came out this week. That's a terrible design. 600 grand that made. Jojo Rabbit, The Good Liar, Maleficent, then Honey Boy. Wow. So Honey Boy was 18, Waze was 19. That is sad. Yeah. Wow. What was it? I don't understand the release strategy here. Well, it doesn't help, too, that you have two pretty big... I mean, Irishman being on Netflix probably right. is... You got the holiday. Uh, I mean, this is usually the throwaway week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, to the point where I was going to consider suggesting we skip this week, because just play mobile <laughs> at one point, and then like all of a sudden they just dumped all these indie movies with no promotion. Right. So, but yeah, not... Again, but I, I can't imagine this cost a shit ton of money to make. Uh, and it will probably do good for that art house crowd, you know, on demand and whatnot. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. But yeah, I was kind of, I want to see it. I've been hearing great things about it. So that's top 10. It's, uh, it's really hard this year. Yeah, no, it's probably not in my top 10. It's top 20 for sure. But the, the top 10 is so tight. Right. It's like the top 20 are pretty solid movies. And then there's a massive drop off. Yeah. So it's kind of a, and I don't, at least for me, there's just okay, and then there's amazing, and there's a lot of amazing, and then there's some, <laughs> like the best is the best, you know, all-time best. Right. So it's it's a hell of a year, mixed with a weak year at the same time. It's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, anything else on Honey Boy? Uh, just, you know, go see it. Go see it. And uh, and you can, you're welcome to believe in Shia LaBeouf again, and yeah, you for, I can forgive him for Transformers now. <laughs> Do they address Transformers in this? A little bit, just a little bit. Good for him. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He's not ashamed of it. <laughs> waves, uh, waves. Yes, wow, waves. Trey Edward Schultz is a, a big part of this show. Uh, two previous movies that were pretty uh, well reviewed here, uh, including if we did an entire episode about one of them. <laughs> yeah, we had the Krisha. We yeah. had the star on. Creature Fairchild, a wonderful, wonderful woman. Brief appearance in this film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Was this, that her? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> this is a, a story of a family. Uh, and it's a, an African-American family that is uh, uh, relatively well-off. Uh, blended family. A new mom who's in this family. 
but it's about this son who's a wrestler who's got a seemingly bright future. He's got a girlfriend he loves. And you really don't know exactly where it is that this story is headed based off of that. You're, uh, you're fascinated by it. You're kind of like, where is this going? And the, and the direction is so dynamic. The visual look of the film is so unique. The way he uses these long takes and this moving camera that, I mean, there's that scene, there's a scene early on in a car where you're like, how, how, how is he, he doing this? Doing this yeah. this is got the smallest camera I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know how he's doing this 360 shot inside of a car. It's, it's, a, it's an absolute wonder of a scene. And uh, that's happen- that happens throughout this movie is the, the, the way he captures this, this scene. And uh, it, it becomes about, you know, there's, the style is almost like the magic trick that, uh, you know, that's the hand you're watching while the other hand is doing the actual trick, you know. Uh, and the other trick is, the, is this story that's unfolding that you don't know where it's headed until it gets to this massive unbelievable tragedy that takes place and then then the story spins off in this other direction and you're following this boy's sister uh, on her journey and the journey that she has is the one with uh, where Lucas Hedges pops up as her love interest and there's a whole thing about life and death there as part of life and death is a big part of the whole thing but man what a story and what a just a what a way to make a movie uh, it's just so brilliant and they don't make movies like this yeah uh just this wonderfully wonderful character study and of course the uh the biggest name star in the movie is sterling k brown from uh, tv's this is us who i know that's a beloved show and that guy is just so commanding uh just what a what a way just just his very presence his voice his manner he commands the screen and in this character it's so fitting and even as he, in the moments of his powerlessness, when he has so much power within him, are just, it's just so impactful. Uh, there's a moment here that I think is the best scene in any movie in 2019. And it's between he and his daughter, and they're fishing. And I'm reminded of, I don't know, there's everybody in their life, I think, has had a moment where a parent or an adult has gotten too real with you at a very young age that you're not ready for and that's this moment <laughs> he gets very real with her and i was so affected by that and it just i flashed back to the number of times to try to flash back trying to find that moment in my life i know it's there yeah that this movie is incredible yeah it was you know you look back at like you know like Scorsese and Coppola and De Palma, and then you know what is it? Uh, Guillermo del Toro and Alfonso Cuarón, and what was the other guy's name? I I, I don't know. They, but you know him, Robert Eggers. Uh, tra, uh, oh my God, Schultz. What's his full name? Uh, tra- Edward Schultz. Schultz and Ari Aster are like the A twenty four. I mean, there's more of them. But these three yeah. together. Well, he's moved on. Yeah. Uh, but these three have become like Lighthouse, Midsummer, and Waves are just movies you don't make. Yeah. Uh, you know, some are better than the others, but they're still all in their own lane. And, you know, part of me is frustrated that you're not seeing these on the award shows. But at the same time, it's like, 
you know, Pink Floyd never got nominated for anything. You know, yeah. Rush never got it. You know, yes, all these weird, and this is kind of what they are: these really weird, out of the box directors and creators that. Uh, you know, I don't. It's not for everybody, and so when I sit in there and try to show it, oh, you're gonna love this. And when they don't, it's like it frustrates me. And then, and I, I, I think I kind of get it now. It's just this. This is not a straightforward story. I mean, your main character drifts off, and it's just another main character midway through. And it's, it's, I don't know. It, it's like nothing I've ever seen, and I've seen two of his movies. You know, Lighthouse is like nothing I'd ever seen, and I'd seen his other none of all of their movies combined are like nothing i've ever seen right uh treadward schultz specifically from Krisha on and maybe shorts he's done that i haven't seen but you feel like something bad is going to happen at all times by just the way he holds the camera yeah and Krisha was just like literally a family oh. dinner yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> i mean you feel like someone's going to come in and start killing them all the way i mean he sets up this horror right. this this foreboding atmosphere is all over it. Yeah. Right. And I think the reason people didn't like It Comes at Night as much is because it's not as full-blown horror movie. It, it just kind of gives you that that creepy effect the whole time. And you just kind of feel like something's going to happen. And, it's and like it, a, it, it's a, it is like almost uh, the way people describe uh, a ghost. You feel the room gets a little bit colder. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's all Krisha is. It's just a series of rooms that get colder when she walks into them. <laughs> like she is this she is this malevolent force that walks into a room and suddenly everybody's on on edge and you can sense it and it feels so real and at the same time surreal to the point of almost horror. And that's the genius of what what he does. And this is this is to a, a different way of doing it, but it feel it has a similar feel to it. There's this there is this sense of dread, but it's also it's leavened by this family atmosphere. That right. Is, uh, just it, it's a very warm, loving family. As much as there is issues, it's it's a normal family. But then you, the way he's capturing it visually is teeing you up. <laughs> Right, but in a lesser movie, like that car shot you're talking about, in a lesser movie, a car hits him. Right. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it a million times before. You get distracted, and you're waiting for it, and then when it doesn't happen, you you kind of, you like this, the wind out of the sails, and you come back, and he gets it going again, and it's it just, he is a phenomenal filmmaker, and, you know, while I still like Midsummer the best, I... I wouldn't begrudge anybody who said this is the best movie of the year. And quite frankly, Lighthouse, too. Because they're so unique and original that, you know, they're just not comparable. Yeah. And I would throw uh, Josh and Benny Safdie into that conversation as well. Which I haven't seen that you'll, one yet. When, when you do, you'll know what I'm talking about. But no, I mean, I, I would say go see Waves right away. It's not for everybody, but it should be. I mean, I don't want to act like I'm smarter than you are for not, but it's there's a certain crowd for this type of movie, and uh, and I'm part of that crowd. I mean, it's not a better or worse. It's just if you want wholly original movies that you've never seen before, you know, one just watch a twenty four movies. Even if you don't <laughs> like them, you're gonna get something different. Yeah. Uh, but Waves is something else, and I, I'm just I was kind of bummed to not see that on the list either. Yeah, I was oh, I was incredibly disappointed because it was all it was on my ballot all over the place. Uh, I get like three legit masterpieces in one year from one company. You got Midsummer, you've got Uncut Gems, and you've got and these uh, were all step ups too. Waves, the Lighthouse is a step up from The Witch. This was a step up from Crescia and uh, It Comes at Night and Midsummer. I, I, Hereditary is 
pretty perfect too. So right. may, I think it's a step up. But even then, <laughs> you're. But again, and that's not even fair too because those movies are wholly original too. Yeah. So it's. I don't know. I can't wait to see what all three of those guys do, and then hopefully these brothers are as. You know, I can't wait to see what. Yeah, I mean, I uncut did, gems. You know, we'll get to uncut gems next week in the Safties. But yeah, waves, uh, phenomenal. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, yes, this is uh, France's uh, story that uh, France's in, in, uh, way into the Oscars, I guess, the, the movie they're putting up for nomination. Uh, and this is a story of uh, a woman who is hired to paint a portrait of a woman who is uh, to be married to a man she's never met. And they, they need this portrait done in order to show him that she's attractive and uh, that this is the person that he's going to marry without having seen. Uh, she obviously doesn't want this, but she's going along with it for her family. The artist comes, and this this lovely woman artist comes, and they begin to develop a friendship, and there's this edge of death that is going on. There's this air of death hanging over it, because the person who was supposed to marry this guy, her sister, had thrown herself from the cliffs, and everybody in the family is a little bit concerned that the younger sister is going to follow the pattern of her sister. And that hangs over the first portion of the movie. Uh, the, there's also this wonderful tension in that uh, the artist is told, all right, uh, listen, so you're just going to pretend to be her friend and you're going to have to try and paint this painting from memory without her actually posing, which at the time wow. is not an easy thing to do. We're talking about the 1800s. You can't take a, port- a Polaroid of it and go, you know, you know she's got to just from, from memory try and capture her face and her manner and put it on the canvas. And at the same time, she's deceiving her by not telling her who she is and what she's really there for. Uh, she's, she thinks that they've just brought her there to be her, to be her companion. Uh, this develops from there into a, what you, you're not sure where, what it's developing towards. You know they're connecting on a, on a level that might be a little bit more than friends. And that's where this is headed, is where their, their relationship is going. And unlike a lot of movies like this, where you, where you, where you're kind of thinking about, okay, well, maybe something could happen that they could, you know, there's a happy ending here. And this movie looks like, nope. <laughs> like, right away, you get a good sense. Nope. They're not good. This is not going to be a thing where these two characters are going to end up uh, together. That's not to say that, the, that there's a tragic ending or anything. I'm not spoiling anything, but you know, this movie takes that off the table uh, with the way that they play it out. And I, li- I liked that aspect of it. That's cool. Uh, do you think it will get Oscar buzz? At least in Best Foreign. Well, yeah. yeah. But, uh, Is that what they're going for, or are they trying to get into the Best Picture, Best Picture? They're probably just going for Best Foreign Film. I don't think they're going for Best best Picture. Sounds cool, though. I mean, especially when you've got Parasite out there. Right. The, the, as stupid as it is, it's, the dumbest, it's among the dumbest things. But, you know, well, we can only do one foreign film. But... <laughs> Now, if we're gonna do one, this we'll do this one and not this one. Parasite gets into the best picture. Is it then not able to be in the best foreign I film? I don't know. I don't so know, know how like document. I remember when Michael Moore did like the Fahrenheit nine eleven yeah. or whatever. He couldn't be documentary and best picture. So he had it to is pick a one weird. There's a weird set of stupid rules that the Academy has that makes the Academy Awards so stupid sometimes. Marriage story. Marriage Story, yes. Uh, Noah Baumbach directed and wrote this uh, with uh, 
Adam Driver and uh, Scarlett Johansson in the lead roles of Charlie and Nicole. They are a uh, married couple living in New York. He's a uh, rising star playwright. She's his lead actress and a former teen star. Uh, they are getting a divorce and uh, they're di- you know, dissolving their partnership. And, and uh, she's moving to Los Angeles for a pilot and he's staying in New York with a MacArthur grant to continue their, you know, their play company, uh, theater company. And uh, they've got to figure out how to get divorced and, not, and desperately not wanting to hurt each other in the process. Strangely enough, Noah Baumbach is known for being bitter and cynical in his stories and creating characters who pretty much hate all the rest of humanity. And weirdly enough, I think only Noah Baumbach could make his most his most non cynical movie about divorce. <laughs> like this is a movie that I as happy an ending as you could think of for a story like this. I guess is what you get. Yeah. Uh, it gets ugly at times, but uh, I really this this movie is so real and so raw, and these characters are so uh, beautiful. Just the 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 aching desire not to hurt each other, but the but the willingness to do so in order to maybe get I don't know. It's so hard to describe. It's just a series of wonderful scenes and brilliant revealing character scenes exceptionally well written and performed they're just absolute there's scenes of just absolute savage verbal violence and then there's these lovely grace notes of, uh, in music and singing uh, Adam Driver especially has a moment where he sings a song that it's just here's this guy who's just talk, who's singing about his own vulnerability in a way that nobody else in the room understands and it's so beautiful to watch uh everything about this movie is so very very good the visuals this is one of the best visual movies that no bombbox ever directed uh clean spare rooms you know these they they keep in the movie throughout the movie they keep talking about los angeles and the space you have all this space what about this the space and he uses that space brilliantly because he does take advantage of these large rooms and these bare lights and the uh, it's just brilliantly visual. And then New York is very claustrophobic and there are people everywhere and <laughs> every room there's like three people in it. <laughs> I, the visuals are, are at times it's a little much. Like there's a scene where they're literally like closing a gate on each other with each other on the opposite sides of it. That's a little a little on the nose, but I didn't mind. I didn't mind. Uh, I love this movie. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being on the nose. This was... <laughs> I watched... I started watching with my wife. Now, she I'm, got bored. I'm in, Okay. I was interested to see you married... Because I'm... Obviously, I'm single, and I don't really have the marriage perspective on it, so... I, you know, I was fully prepared to have to take a side, and this guy's me, and this is her. And it wasn't that really at all. So it didn't... It either means my marriage is stronger than this movie is saying. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was, it definitely wasn't of, well, I'm on Adam Driver's side or, I, I mean, I, if anything, I related more to Scarlett Johansson, but not necessarily against my wife, just kind of, uh, you know, she, I don't know. I, I kind of can relate to, you know, in, in other relationships you have where, you know, you just kind of give yourself over to something and then they just kind of take advantage of that. And, that's what Adam Driver does, but he doesn't do it against his will, and she's willing to go for it. Just things change, and it's everything that's said in this movie is true, but at the same time, the polar opposite's true. So when he wishes she was dead, 
he means that, but he doesn't mean it. You yeah. know, it's it's all very real. The the best things about this movie are the performances more than anything else. Adam Driver and the Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson are so perfect. Uh, and, and not to mention, you know, Laura Dern and Ray Liotta and Alan Alda are really good at what they do. And the fact that the scene where they're, you know, trying to, you know, negotiate how they're going to settle uh, – and Laura Dern's just saying these horrible things, and it's time for lunch. And all of a sudden, it's like <laughs> they're all friends. And yeah. it's and you can see the frustration on Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver's face. But at the same time, it's like these two people don't care about you. <laughs> you know, she would f- flip the switch and go to his side and do the same thing right back at you know. It's so there's no, I don't know. It's it was a good movie. I was expecting it to be more, you know, to be more divisive and take a side and you know it's life is tough and sometimes things change and you just got to deal with it and then when you throw a kid in the mix and you're from la and you're from new york i I don't i mean it's frustrating i don't really know you know they wish they it's just a frustrating movie that gets to where it needs to go and you know money is a lot but it doesn't matter in the end you know it's who cares you know just find a way to make yourself as as a collective between the three of you as happy as all of you can be at once. And yeah. that's really what's the most important thing about really anything divorce, not divorce, you know, staying right. married or whatever is finding the collective happiness to be the best. And you, no one should have to suffer either. So it's, I don't know. It, it, it was just a, it was an interesting movie. It was an easy watch, even though it is pretty long. Uh, but I mean, I recommend it. It's on Netflix. Go give it a shot. I mean, for the performances alone, but, the kid is pretty great too, um, and and I love that he's not so central. They don't right. use him as a. He's not a plot device. He's not. Uh, he's not a point. He's the point of contention, but not because of him. And he doesn't do that thing where like, oh, the kid ran away or something stupid like that. They don't do anything dumb like that. Uh, this movie's much too smart for that. But I, I loved the just the, the the little things like, and maybe you can relate to this better as a parent, but like. The little boy wanting to go to mom instead of dad, and dad just, you know, yeah, he's he's seven, but yeah, that still kind of hurts. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then there's even things where I could see it annoying people, like when she's being interviewed, you know, saying she's done cocaine and stuff. I mean, I I could see someone actually being honest in that scenario. I mean, I could see most people not, but I could, you know, all it has to do is you have to believe that character would be, and I did. And, and that moment, I mean, it makes sense to he probably knows that she did it in the past, and if she lies about it now, then... Right. And then when he cuts his, wrist, his arm... Oh, God, yeah, what a fucking scene. I mean, it, it's Ugh. it's stupid, but I could see, you know, you're not, you're not all together in right. those scenarios. So it's easy to sit back from a distance and be like, well, that would never happen. Well, <laughs> bullshit. I mean, take yourself, put yourself in an unstable state, and then try to be normal <laughs> uh no I, I thought it was really phenomenal and i i was it wasn't like any other divorce movie you know that i've ever seen one the kid wasn't the central plot point which i think you see a lot in other ones but two it wasn't a movie you take sides you just want them to get through it to the the collective happiness and i mean they do to an extent but it's it's worth watching it really is and I'm glad they both got nominated. Yeah, deservedly so. And Best Picture as well is much, much deserved. Yeah. I mean, I don't care as much about that one. <laughs> anything else on Marriage Story? 
Uh, no, just it's uh, it's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event for the linear, legitimate, and universally recognized, undisputed classic. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Yeah, we're looking for. I was looking for a movie that would kind of, uh, you know, go there in terms of marital relationships and <laughs> nastiness and. You got the nastiness right. <laughs> In a way, it's more like waves. <laughs> where you just feel like something bad's going to happen the entire time. <laughs> so it kind of works out. It does. It does. Oh, man. Yeah. So this like slightly older married couple is uh, just poisoning this much younger couple for the entire movie. <laughs> just, destroy, just slowly destroying their lives and seemingly for their own pleasure. That's basically it. <laughs> and, you know, it's a play. Right. So they are, you know, talking to the back of the room. But at the same time, it works. Yeah. And I was, I don't know. It, it Like, if it was remade, I'd want it remade by, like, an Ari Aster or somebody. Even, like, a Rob Zombie. I don't care. I mean, I would like a horror <laughs> film director to remake this movie. Because it, it would work in that level. <laughs> it does. It really does. Not Eli Roth, but anybody else. <laughs> Trey Edward Schultz. Yeah, Trey Edward Schultz would be perfect. <laughs> Although I'd rather him just do something. Right, right. But it would just, it really was more enjoyable than I expected it to be. Usually when they're, I, it's hard for me to follow along with the the acting where they're talking in the back of the room. But in this movie, it was more like a heightened reality. So when I'm, you know, if I watch like Devil Rejects or whatever, it's a heightened reality. So I don't mind the way they're talking. I kind of look at it like that more so than a old movie where they're stage acting, even though that's what they're doing. Right. It, it works and like it holds up because of that the the fact that the characters are heightened in the it's movie. Almost, yeah, it's almost more exciting that way, and right. especially with with uh, Liz Taylor and the way she plays that character is so so ballsy and so brash and so so loud. You just don't know what the hell they're talking about ever, or why they're <laughs> together, or why they why these people came over <laughs> why either couples together yeah and then this weird reveal that goes along with it too that just like, who came up with this shit <laughs> but you know i don't know if that came out today i would have never known it was you know this not really a movie that's been copied really i mean maybe american beauty would be the closest thing to movie that's copied it that's fair uh but i <laughs> I would have. It seems like a wholly original piece of. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Edward Algren uh, wrote this, and Mike Nichols uh, directed it. And uh, Nichols, I have a strange relationship with because I don't like The Graduate, and there's a lot of his stuff that's kind of iffy to me. But this one, uh, he seems. I think directing a play is so much up his alley that I think this is maybe a better directed movie, especially Wasn't better than The, the Graduate. Graduate. A play, or did that become a play after the fact? I'm not sure. Either way. <laughs> That's much more of a movie movie, though, than this is. This is much more of a stage-bound notion. Yeah. No, it, it was really... I was shocked at how much <laughs> I enjoyed it. It's entertainingly nasty, and, and you laugh at things you know you're not supposed to laugh at. Yeah, I... I mean, it's so far-fetched, but once, but because it establishes that early, you just kind of go with it, and you're not bothered by it. Yeah. So, uh, And movie... I mean... Alien movies are far fetched, and we, you know, as long as it's established early on, it's mm-hmm. it works. So, I mean, 
I liked it. Go if you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out. And I, I don't know that I've ever really seen Elizabeth Taylor in a movie before. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just know her. You know the the you know pop culture. Yeah, Liz Taylor. I I've not honestly spent much time on her filmography because honestly she's like this. I don't know. I can't even. I can't even honestly think of other movies that were like really iconic. I mean, Cleopatra, but only because it failed so miserably. <laughs> right. I mean, can you honestly sit here and go, man? I I wish I'd seen this Liz Taylor movie. <laughs> All I really know about her, and I don't even know if I know about it. I just feel it because I was young, but I feel like she had a million husbands, and that's kind right. of her what she's popular for. <laughs> maybe she did some with michael jackson at some point i don't know I, I don't know i was like i said i was a kid so i'm not really yeah. sure uh but this was a lot more fun than it should have been and uh i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> it makes watching the classic more fun yeah, richard burton's method acting <laughs> <laughs> method in that he was drunk the entire movie <laughs> It worked. It worked. They all looked drunk the entire movie, but if he really was, good for him for pulling it off. Uh, As I understand, Richard Burton was drunk from about 1952 until his death. (laughs) What year was that? Uh, Sometime in the mid-70s, I believe. He had a he had a career. Where he, the end of his career was pretty sad. Like he was into like mystery science theater level movies where he's playing like two lines as a bad guy, oh. but the the big boss at the end of a really awful movie. Well, I mean, this character <laughs> could be the big boss at the end of a really bad movie. Accurate, it's accurate. but it works in this one. So. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Tarantino putting Travolta on a movie or something like that. It's kind of what this is. Uh, but yeah, go see Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf. It's on Amazon. You got to pay for it, but it's there. Uh, 1989, we got three movies. She Devil. Forget that, you know, everybody has nice, great things to say about Meryl Streep, but she was in this. Yeah, she was in this <laughs> piece of shit. This hard to watch, ugly, nasty, stupid movie. This is a, you know like how how you this is like how you make a divorce movie that's really awful. <laughs> just no, there's just nothing funny about this movie. There's nothing unique or interesting about it. Roseanne's just awful. Ed Begley Jr.'s awful. Meryl Streep is just kind of slightly above it all, but you know she's also just kind of trapped in this piece of shit movie. Well, and she didn't become Meryl Streep for... I mean, she'd been in great movies, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't until a few years after this, maybe even 10, where she was, like, nominated every year. <laughs> that took a, maybe another 10 years after this one. <laughs> but, yeah, I... This is definitely in her wandering the woods period after, like, doing all those prestige movies in the early 80s. <laughs> right. Uh, Triumph of the Spirit, Willem Dafoe boxing movie. I have no idea. Yeah. You watch this? No. <laughs> I just went to IMDb to see what it was. Edward James Almost is in it as well. Uh, I mean, you often hear what are the best box movies of all time. That's something that's brought up, and you've never heard of this movie. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Uh, then The War of the Roses. The War of the Danny Roses. Danny DeVito directing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, this is a weird movie for me. I was like, I was 13 when this came out, and... Uh, I I was a big fan of Romancing the Stone, and uh, 
the follow-up Jewel Jewel Denial. Like my mom and I loved those movies, and she's like, "Oh, and this was got Kathleen Turner and and um, and Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito. I'll take you to see that." <laughs> it's like this is not romancing the stone. <laughs> this is not an adventure in any way. Yeah, she had no idea what movie she was taking me to. Uh, basically, it's just again weird. There's weird themes this week, isn't it? Just, Divorce. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, two two people trying to kill each other, <laughs> just just trying to murder each other to get to get a house that they're also both destroying at the same time. Yeah, I've only ever seen it on TV. Uh, like my brother and my parents, whether they were into the Jewel and I, Amazing the Stone movies, I hated them just because they watched them a lot because they're on Fox every freaking weekend. <laughs> uh, I like this one a little better, maybe because of the murder. I don't know, but. <laughs> But again, it's—I don't know—it's a weird trilogy of movies. It really <laughs> is so strange. Like, what was it about this that they wanted anyone to see? <laughs> Although, I mean, I—I I kind of think I prefer these three Michael Douglases than the other ones. I don't know because <laughs> the other ones fit your narrative. <laughs> you got to kind of pull them out of this one. Oh. That needs to be a shirt. The Michael Doug—we got to find a way to make that work. <laughs> I'm sure he'll love that. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, yeah. All right. Well, that's all the movies this week. <laughs> Next week is another crazy f- filled week, uh, and it could get even crazier. Who knows what else is going to get dropped. Uh, but Richard Jewell, the Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, Jumanji Next Level. Black Christmas, the remake again. Bombshell and Uncut Gems. That's just what's coming out that we know of. Right. Uh, then there's the classic's going to be Driving Miss Daisy. And the reason that's the classic because it turns 30 next week. And quite frankly, if it's not the classic, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably should since it won the Oscar. Uh, but there's a lot of movies that came out in 89. Blaze, The Wizard, Were No Angels, Enemies, A Love Story, Glory, and Family Business. So... Uh, a lot of classics, if you count the wizard. <laughs> you had to be like, That's there's the like a Fred th- Savage, Fred Savage, Christian Slater, Bo Bridges. Wow. Uh, there's a yeah, I knew that. Name <laughs> a more iconic trio. <laughs> Speaking of, I've been I have this app on my phone. That's a daily crossword, and I was doing it, and guess who came up as a uh, answer? Fred Savage. Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> I immediately texted Josh. It's like, little help. <laughs> and he goes, does that make him famous now that he's in a crossword? <sighs> but that is our show. Uh, so next week, those are all those movies. So uh, hopefully I can get to most of them. Uh, although my daughter's got a gymnastics meet out of town. So we'll see how that all works out. But uh, I do want to thank our Patreon supporters before we let you go. The key grip level, we got Jason Bryant and uh charlie messing at the character actor level or probably the craft service level is probably next uh zach Kovemaker, character actor level josh and beth paul cousin jeff and christina cato and then the special effects level Corey finneran and sarah morrell again we're gonna update our patreon at the beginning of the year to have some better perks and ones that we can follow up on easier uh that allow you to kind of direct the show in a way like for real like we'll be specific about it because at the moment it just says direct the show what does that mean i don't know <laughs> uh but it'll be we'll 
that'll be we'll be launching that beginning of the year. I hate critics on that slash Patreon. We also have the podcast merch. Again, hopefully we'll be getting some new shirts for next year. I'm working with cousin Jeff to get some designs done. And hopefully at the end of the year I'll have the kind of what I'm looking for and he and I can get together and make it happen. Uh otherwise do you have time for flick chart? Sure, I got time for flick chart. Before we get there, though, yeah, uh, you know, we were talking about waves before, and I was trying to think of that moment for me when, like, an adult got uh, more real than they'd ever been before with me, and I just it just occurred to me, and I was think I was sixteen years old, I think it was, and my sister, my my uh, stepsister was getting uh, finally going to get a divorce, I guess, and to this point in time. I had no idea there was anything wrong. Like her, her husband seemed like just a regular part of the family. And like one night, <laughs> one night I get told that, uh, by, by her, that he was outside with a knife that, uh, he had been frequenting, he'd been peeping in people's windows, like all this suddenly just in one night, this person that I'd known for years, it was revealed to me to be this terrifying, monstrous human being, and yeah, that was that was my moment. That was like, and it just occurs to me now, and it's just like, wow, that's so interesting, and it just makes waves so much more interesting now. Yeah, it's. I don't. I mean, I don't have. I don't really have that moment with my parents per se. I mean, at some point, you get to an age where you're like, oh, my dad's just a dumb person. <laughs> And it's not an insult. I mean, that's, no. it's, you know, you put your parents up on pedestals right. and then all of a sudden you're like, oh. You're not as much of an authority as I thought you were. Right. And then when I, I'm, I never drank till I was 21 and I never, I waited till I was married. I didn't do drugs. I was pretty straight laced. And I remember like being 21, 22, my dad being like, really? You didn't do this? You didn't I'm like, no, you told me I couldn't. So I didn't. <laughs> And then I got to college and realized you were dumb. <laughs> and again, it was, you know, I, I can, I don't know if he listens or not. I think he has in the past. So I do where I mean, I have a little pentagram yoga mat that I, he was down here last, and my dad's a born again Christian and I was just sitting next to it. Just, and I don't know if he saw it or not, but <laughs> it's all fake. I like, I'm, I'm not a devil worshiper despite my. <laughs> Despite your six 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 tattoo, yeah, and my taste in movies. <laughs> so yeah, I just wanted to get real, a little too real there for a moment. <laughs> uh, speaking of too real, a parent trap or a few good men? It's <laughs> a few good men. The Lindsay Lohan parent trap. Yeah. <laughs> Let the right one in, sunshine. That's the foreign version, not the American-made version of "Let the Right One In." Yeah, it's "Let the Right One In." I agree. I do like sunshine, though. I feel like not many people do. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two: The Sting. Harry Potter for me. I'll go with you there. I don't love the Sting. Yeah, the th- the Sting is desperately overrated. Radical Grace. I don't know what that is. No, I don't either. All right. The other guys, Resident Evil Extinction. The other guys. By a lot. If I, only I just, I could just, just the scene of the rock and Samuel L. Jackson leaping off of a building. <laughs> that alone is better, is better than the entirety of the Resident Evil franchise. Seven pounds, meet the fuckers. Um, seven pounds. 
I'm meet the Fockers. I was disappointed in seven pounds. It's the weight of the human soul, Bob. <laughs> Bullshit is what it is. Oh my god, I won one. I don't know. When I see like a when you have a Will Will Smith or a uh, Jennifer Lopez or an Adam Sandler or a Daniel Craig, whatever, trying. Yeah. I I don't know. I hate when they miss and I thought seven pounds missed. <laughs> <clears throat> I thought it was a noble miss, and I, I I don't love the Fockers. I don't love it, but I don't know. I just remember. <laughs> I, I, think do. I, I don't even remember if I like him or not, honestly. I mean, I'm sure if I watch it again and knowing what I know about Dustin Hoffman, it's not going to help. But I thought Barbara <laughs> Streisand was great. I really enjoyed her in it. Yeah. And uh, Death Becomes Her, Twilight, New Moon. It's Death Becomes Her. I agree. The Village, The Hunt, 1966. I, I don't know if I've seen The Hunt. I have not either. So, The Village or The Frighteners? Uh, the Village, I don't know. The Frighteners is pretty disappointing. That's The Village for me. I understand people's complaints with it, but I thought it worked in its own little weird way. Red Sonia, The Poltergeist. Poltergeist? Once Upon a Time in the West, Borat. <laughs> That's a classic. What would I watch? What's better? <laughs> right? I know exactly what's I th- better, but I'm going to watch Borat. <laughs> Even though I don't regularly go back to Borat. I don't either, so I'm going to go Once Upon a Time in the West. I did for a while there. Yeah. Wow, I'm two for two. This is unheard of. <laughs> I'm sure you don't mind. No, I really don't. <laughs> Ted, Shark Tale. Ted. Agreed. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, Wall Street, 87. Uh, oh, Wall Street. Yeah. Because I don't love the Lord of the Rings movies at all. Oh, this will be fun for you. Uh, Saw, The Social Network. <laughs> it's The Social Network. But uh, I do love Saw. Did you tell me what you told me? I think you came over. We watched a movie earlier this week, and we obviously I don't think it's on any podcast. But you were listening to another show where they did the top movies of the decade. Yeah, and uh, the Social Network and uh, Gone Girl were two that they they were uh, they were talking a lot about Fincher. They haven't gotten to Gone Girl yet because oh. it's a little later in the in the century. They started off with. Uh, uh, or this century, the, the decade. They they're talked about 2010 to 2012, and they got into a whole thing about how amazing Fincher is, and just sort of, you, you know, don't never, you can't sleep on Fincher. You know, whatever he's doing is uh, pretty incredible, and the Social Network just gets richer and more more exciting you know, ten years on. Oh, I agree completely. I said it before, but I think it's our generation, Citizen Kane. I don't know what that means per se, but. A Knight's Tale or Dead Poet Society? Dead Poet Society. Agreed. Grindhouse, Night of the Living Dead. The original? Yes. Yeah, I'll go with that. Even though Death Trap's the best movie of the three. Sunset Song and Inconvenient Truth. I don't want to do a documentaries. I don't know what a Sunset Song is. Okay, then let's just... Don't see the one of them. Truman Show, Risky Business. Truman Show. Okay. Despite uh, my my deep deep love for Rebecca De Mornay, for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Greece, what's eating Gilbert Grape? 
I find I find Gilbert Grape to be just just insufferable. <laughs> so That's I'll, funny. I find Greasy to be insufferable. <laughs> uh, uh, I can float for it. I mean, I don't love Gilbert Grape either, so I don't really care who wins. If I'm being honest, but. Gilbert or Greece wins. The Royal Tenenbaum Super Mario Brothers. Royal Tenenbaums. Breakfast at Tiffany's Collateral. Collateral. Captain America Winter Soldier, a fistful of dollars. Winter Soldier. I'm going a fistful of dollars. If it was a few dollars more, I'd go Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier wins anyway. Mountains of the Moon? No idea what that is. The Lion King. Mountains of the Moon sounds familiar, but I don't really... It's very similar cover to the Lion King. <laughs> Reign of Fire, Lion King. You're talking about the original Lion King, right? Yes. Um, yeah, that's fine. Reign of Fire is not very good. The Hangover Part 2, The Guardian. The Guardian. Looks like Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah, Kevin Costner, Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. <laughs> yeah, they play light, uh, Coast Guard guys who save people in the ocean or some shit. What's the other movie? Hangover Part 2. Hangover Part 2 by a lot. kind of want to see them in Lighthouse just to see their <laughs> version of that movie. <laughs> SWAT, Fight Club. If they made Lighthouse in 2008, maybe. Right. <laughs> SWAT or Fight Club? Uh, Fight Club. Rampart? 2011, I don't know what that is. Daredevil. Rampart's a Woody Harrelson LAPD movie, I think. Any good? Uh, if I recall correctly, it was, but it's been a while. Better than Deadpool or Daredevil? I've never seen either one of them, so it's your call. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember. All right. Training Day, Road to Perdition. That's tough. I mean, I know which way you're going, but... You do? It's tough for me in the wrong reasons. I think they're both overrated, personally. I think it's training day. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. But, I don't know. I I don't know. I was bothered by the fact that Denzel won the Oscar for that. With as many movies as he should have won it for. I know that's probably why he won it for training day. <laughs> but uh, Training day. Reservoir Dogs, Blood Freak. What's Blood Freak? 1972. Looks like a midnight movie. Herschel Gordon Lewis? I don't know. I don't remember it. Reservoir Dogs. You don't mess with the Zohan. <laughs> it's Reservoir Dogs. Super Troopers, Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco. I hate Super Troopers. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, Final Destination 2. Final Destination 2. Sure. English Patient, The Fifth Element. Fifth Element, by a lot. Spider-Man Homecoming, Planet Terror. Oh, Spider-Man Homecoming, <laughs> by... Yeah, fuck Planet Terror. I hate Planet Terror. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, The Omen, 1976. The Omen. That's Richard Donner, right? I think so. I like it okay, but it's definitely an overrated horror movie. Yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Saving Face. I don't know Saving Face. Good, neither do I. The Fugitive, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The Fugitive. It's a better acted movie. 
There's something about Mary Independence Day. There's something about Mary. Heat cube. (laughs) (laughs) Heat or cube? I'll go heat, I guess. I like the idea of a heat cube. (laughs) The Incredibles, Iron Man 2. Uh, Man, that's interesting. I like Iron Man 2 a lot more than most people. Um, and I, I don't do love The Incredibles. I'm actually going to go Iron Man 2. I'll go Incredibles just to flip it. I don't really have an opinion. I'm kind of with you. Let's see, Incredibles. I do like Iron Man 2 more than most, too, but the fact that Favreau and Mickey Rourke don't like it that much either. <laughs> About Schmidt, Problem Child. About Schmidt. Yeah. True Grit, the remake, Maverick. True Grit. The Island of Dr. Moreau, nice in 77, Lethal Weapon 4. I've never seen the 77 version of Moreau. Good, neither have I. Lethal Weapon 4, Stargate. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you can flip a coin. I don't give a fuck about either of those movies. Let <laughs> George decide. Stargate wins. Star Wars Phantom Menace, Rogue One. Ah, Rogue One. Agreed. Give me something funny here. My best friend's wedding hot shots part (laughs) do. Um I got a big soft spot for my best friend's wedding. It's not fair to pick a parody over a real movie, but <laughs> I have a soft spot for Hot Shots Part 2. <laughs> I'll flip it just in case. You know, it's interesting. Just, uh, Carla Gugino, who is uh, obviously Hot Shots, yeah. she's in Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Really? Yeah, she plays the mother. Yeah, I was so surprised. I was like, where do I know her from? And then it, then it occurred to me, that's Hot Shots <laughs> like, in, in this. <laughs> that's funny. That's what I watched last night to go to bed, which what, I don't know why I watched. What, it, hot just, shots? No, close. <laughs> Think lower. Action <laughs> Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. What the hell? I just want to, I mean, I didn't make it past the opening credits. Don't get me wrong. I put it on and fell asleep. <laughs> but I was just like, this would be a. Samuel L. Jackson and Emilio Estevez? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not good. It's kind of forgettable. <laughs> 